0: This episode contains adult content of a sexual nature. We discuss sex and masturbation throughout the entire episode. So if that's not your vibe, no pun intended, skip to one of our regular episodes, which drops every Monday. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hey guys, Hannah here. I am your host today. Welcome to our limited edition series, Beauty IQ After Dark. Each week I'll be joined by a guest co-host and this week I'm joined by the Amy Clark who is the senior editor here at Adore Beauty. On today's episode for the Cringy Combo, Amy and I will react to your cringiest vagina stories. Then we are joined by GP, Dr. Ginny Mansberg to chat about all things vaginas and vulvas and of course the products we didn't know we needed. So meet today's guest co-host Amy. Welcome to Beauty IQ After Dark. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So you're actually also quite passionate about normalising the conversation around sex and pleasure and vagina, and all things vaginas. What, I guess, gave you an interest
1: in this topic like me? Well, first of all, I own a vagina and a vulva. so <laughs> That helps. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like the biggest qualifier about why, you know, Female pleasure and normalizing all, this, you know, topics around sex, um, you know, is important to me. But for anyone who doesn't know me before, I worked in women's media at a publisher. And actually, I used to write a lot of anonymous sex toy reviews. Anonymous? Yes. Well, I don't know. I think I was still starting out my career as a journalist. Mm. I just wasn't sure also, you know, what if my. Poppy reads this or like Mm. all different, you know, but I guess that's part of the shame that's around it. But I used to write a lot of anonymous road tests for different sex toys, different devices. And well, I thought it was anonymous, but one person actually came up to me once at an event and said that they knew it was me doing them because of the hands in the photo of me holding the toys because <laughs> it had I used to be a nail biter and it had my you know manky shredded up thumbnail and also I have Mm. freckles on my hands and they were like, I knew it was you. Mm. But yeah, so now, you know, gone is the anonymous. Here I am, Amy Clark, ready to talk about vaginas and vulvas. I got
0: like a troll over the weekend.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know. I was going to say
0: it on this episode because it's really made me think a lot about like a lot of the shame that is around all of this stuff and the reason that we like some of the reasons I think that we feel embarrassed to talk about it is because the way society makes us feel about it I actually had someone with like a fake Instagram account saying that the reason that I was single was because I reviewed vibrators on my Instagram account and like men you know people would judge me for that and when I got that message my first reaction was like oh, you know, you feel bad about it and then you're like, well, this is exactly why I'm not going to allow like other people shaming me into not talking about it. I think it's so important for us to open the conversation.
1: But also just first point, this mate has done it under a fake profile, so obviously (laughs) a coward. And then secondly, yeah, I completely agree that I think the idea of female pleasure and sex and all of this, when we talk about it as women, it's kind of like this... Ugh, that's a bit mm, that's not that's gross or yeah. that's not appropriate where I feel like conversations around penises probably aren't the same they're usually quite yeah it's yeah. kind of something to be proud of and so I agree let's just keep talking about it obviously delete and block Absolute, I did. <laughs>
0: So moving on to a little bit of a lighter topic, today's cringy combo, um, I put an Instagram story up asking for your cringiest vagina stories and Amy hasn't heard these (laughs) but um, I I started to get them back and I was like, wow, there's a real theme here that people – and cooking oh so chili has been something that comes up a lot oh no so like I remember I did get a message from a girl initially saying that she the guy that she was with was chopping chili cooked her dinner and then you know they got intimate and and then he was a doctor and he did like a scrub like a you know how surgeons on Grey's Anatomy do that proper scrub
1: that's our medical (laughs) reference Grey's Anatomy yes
0: (laughs) he did that like a surgical scrub didn't work. I've put like a chili finger in my eye before and I can't even imagine. Chili's been a really big one. Um, someone's Tinder date was eating hot wings. <sighs> oh, There's a really funny one that I got that I wanted to read out. So a spicy pumpkin soup led to a saucy 69. Oh God. <laughs> the rest of the night was spent with both of us laying there with an ice pack
1: oh can you imagine they both ate spicy pumpkin soup first of all can we just say that like we're obviously laughing there's no judgment because I feel like everyone has a story like this yeah but look I find butter chicken spicy so all of this spiciness (laughs) is my worst nightmare the other thing that people seem to do they
0: accidentally use Things like deep heat as lubricant. Oh no! Because the, they're in the dark and they've got like a, the deep heat next to them in the and they accidentally grab the deep heat. It's like
1: when you're when you're playing netball at two and then also <laughs> using your vibrator at seven. <laughs>
0: oh god! But this one I thought was interesting was in the dark. I accidentally grabbed the menthol peppermint foot gel, and as a result, this is not even vagina related, but his groin was on fire oh. after that. <laughs>
1: So I would really recommend that people double-check what they're using. Or maybe we can all just start doing stuff with the lights on. Yes, I like that. I know that's maybe, like, you know, sometimes you want the lights down low for a bit more of a vibe. But mm. uh, pun not intended there. Um, <laughs> and But maybe also we can start having sex with the lights on. The fact it's so dark that you don't know that you're using yeah. Denker Rub... It's it's an occupational health and safety issue. Yes.
0: So another thing that came up a lot was this. I had quite a few people send in losing condoms and I've heard this quite a bit where the condom gets lost and comes out a few days later. I don't know if you've heard that one.
1: I've lost, uh, lost in inverted commas. It was found, thankfully, (laughs) like a tampon before, you know, when the string kind of just like disappears. Well, can you imagine like a condom where there's no string? How do you fish that out? Send in a search
0: party. Okay, this (laughs) one kills me. Oh, my God. I I don't even know if I can say this out loud. My boyfriend used my thrush cream as toothpaste.
1: Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Did she say, like, how he came to realize this? Well, it
0: smells of – it's the same thing that you would use on athlete's foot or if you had tinea or something. So maybe – I mean – how can you not look like,
2: where why? He's just
0: like, maybe he's
1: brushing his teeth in the dark too, but he's literally just like, oh, hun, like let's not get the home brand toothpaste anymore. Tastes weird.
0: Talking about losing things, someone actually, and I can, if you've got like a tiny vibrator um, or like a little bullet vibrator, that has gotten lost as well. While it's still in operation. Imagine that. Like, imagine
1: that. <laughs> you're just walking around
0: like... Sorry. Imagine it's like, oh, I'm going to have to wait for the battery to run out now. It's like three hours later. That would be quite a nice afternoon, actually. All right, so this one was, I just can't believe this one, but an Irish guy, she was hooking up with an Irish guy. They were both drunk and he tried to use Jamison as lube.
1: Ouch. (laughs) Like I'd prefer like a nice botanical gin or maybe like, I don't know, something like a bit more kind of refined.
0: (laughs) So the next one was, uh, an I saw like this, just if you've ever had thrush, you know, <laughs> really bad. So having sex, not knowing I had thrush, and then my baby out swelled like a balloon. Oh no. I know. I can totally imagine that. I don't. I can totally imagine that happening as well. Oh, like they gosh.
1: just swell up. Was there anything about
0: pubic hair? Because I feel yes. like oh, pubic hair. So one girl at 30 started discovering, and there's nothing wrong with this, started discovering grey pubic hairs and said she felt like Samantha. Um, yes. Pluck- oh. Plucking them. And then one more come to the funeral. And then I think the last one I had here was there was a lot of boyfriends that love Femme Fresh. Like, oh. The- <laughs> So she said there was actually quite a lot of boyfriends that love Femfresh, but this one in particular, he uses it as an all over body wash and now he buys his own. Like I love that. Buys his own Femfresh. Good on him. Yes. Anyway, thank you so much everyone for sharing your cringiest vagina stories. I feel like it made me feel like a lot less embarrassed about Look, oh. there was a whole other thing about fanny farting but that's coming oh, a cringy I, was, combo. I was literally
1: about to say
0: that's coming up on a cringy combo for beauty iq so um we'll you'll save have that to for then save that but that also was pretty funny as well um but guys please do not chop chili or use denka rub and then put your fingers in places they shouldn't go Dr. Ginny Mansberg has been a GP for over 20 years, and you might have seen her on Sunrise, Embarrassing Bodies Down Under, or Medicine or Myth. She's also the host of the podcast, Things You Can't Talk About on TV. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Can
0: I just really quickly ask you, what are some of the things that you can't talk about on TV? Because
2: <laughs> I, do, I do, I co-host this with Shelley Horton Hi. and we met over Sunrise, so all oh, we could oh. think of is we had this avatar of Koshi and we just think if he would blush, if we said anything about, <laughs> you know, you name it, farts, masturbation, clitoris, you know, we can do it. So, <laughs> nipple discharge, the amount of blood in a period, like... Mm -hmm. Pretty much it's whatever is offline on Sunrise.
0: I've got Audible, so I'm going to go and listen to that um, straight after this. So that one's on Audible. But today is
2: all about getting to know
0: our vaginas. So I'd like to start with a bit of an anatomy lesson.
2: Um, So I think people think the word vagina is the stuff they can see, but the vagina is actually the tube on the inside that – you birth out of and that a penis or you know something else if you enjoy that goes into and the outside genitalia are actually the vulva and that consists of your labia and there are two sets of labia the labia majora major big so they're the bigger ones they sit on the outside and inside of those are the labia minora they are smaller but in 50% of women, they are inies, So when the labia majora are closed, you can't see anything. And in 50% of women, they are outies. And so when the labia majora are closed, you can still see them. They still stick out. And if you pull those apart, that uh, gives rise to what we call the introitus, which is the opening of the vagina just above that is a tiny hole that I really don't expect anybody to be able to see but that's the urethra. That is the hole where urine comes out so it's not in the vagina it's just outside of the vagina just sort of upwards if you were lying on your back it's sort of north of that and north of that is the clitoris which sometimes you can see fairly easily for some people it's sort of hidden under a bit of a hood of skin and then if you go all the way to the bottom where the labia majora meet that skin is called the perineum and it's a perilously tiny area of skin that separates the vagina from the anus and it's a bit of a design flaw because it gives a free ride to bacteria from the anus and the bowel getting straight up to where you don't want it around the vagina and particularly to the bladder which gets in via the urethra.
1: And also something just on this um, because you just said about the clitoris Is it true that the clitoris isn't
2: just actually that little button at the top? (laughs) It's so because the clitoris is a cluster of nerves, right? And yes, in fact, I don't even know which clever trousers decided to trace it, but apparently, in most women, it looks a little bit like an octopus with kind of tentacles Mm. of individual nerves going down on either side, and it's entirely variable, like literally. No two women have the same path when it comes to those little clitoral kind of tentacles that that go down and straight down towards the vagina itself.
1: So as a GP, you have seen hundreds, perhaps even thousands of vaginas. We're often told that they are like snowflakes, you know, or a fingerprint. No two are the same. So are all vaginas really that different? And
2: in what different ways? So I think about it like it's a lot like looking in a throat. <laughs> I sort of like I look at it, it's purely for anatomy. I'm not really assessing what it looks like. They're all beautiful to me. I don't really care. But in terms of the outer genitalia, they can be really different. And these. days there are so many different hairdos that you can have with it some people have got the the zero hairdo and some people have got a landing strip and some people they are still more common than you think the full bush and then when you got a full bush some of them Literally, the hair goes all the way down to the anus and, you know, over the tops of the thighs. And for some of them, it's just really concentrated around the mons pubis, which is the hair that sits just above the vulva. So it it does really differ. And then when you uh, have a look inside, there is a lot of variability as well, because you've got to think the vagina is designed to stretch because it fits a baby's head that is not that small and the baby's head is designed to come out of there. I know a lot of women just go, that's not happening to me, I'm going full cesarean, but it's actually designed to stretch quite a lot. So it has a lot of folds in there. It's a lot like a piano accordion. So you can see a lot of those sort of stretchy folds in there and then depending on, you know, how much estrogen you have, it might be a rich pinker color or it might be a bit paler if you've gone through menopause, it might be a bit drier and it is entirely variable and for some people if I put a speculum inside, when I look in sometimes like the cervix is right there, it just pops straight into view and that's when it's a slightly lower hanging uterus and sometimes I've got to literally go, it's, it's hiding up, up high somewhere, particularly in taller women who've got a longer vagina or where they've got an awesome pelvic floor and it's just kept the whole uterus and cervix way out of view. And so it is really completely different. And the big question is, you need to know what is normal for you, which does kind of involve a slightly awkward conversation between you, a light and a mirror and possibly a mobile phone in today's day and age, but you probably want to get to know what is normal for you. Mm.
0: We can't really talk about vaginas and vulvas without talking about the way they're supposed to smell. I think there's some advertising out there that might make us believe that our genitals are meant to smell like roses or fresh spring breezes. What does a a normal vagina smell like?
2: So it should be fairly personal to you. And what makes up the smell of a vagina is Mm -hmm. you've got a, a lot of mucus it's, it, you can think about your vagina as being a bit of a self-cleaning oven. It sort of makes mucus and the mucus goes out one direction and that's really healthy. You want about five mils of vaginal discharge a day just to keep that vagina healthy. And then what drops into the mucus is a combination of bugs that make up the microbiome, the normal healthy bacteria that live and actually help your vagina um prosper and grow and uh, so those bacteria are hopefully in a healthy pre-menopausal vagina nearly it's 96 percent lactobacillus and they provide a lovely amount of acid and the acid is really important to get rid of other bugs that you don't want that live there as well but want to keep their numbers fairly um, low and you want a nice healthy amount of lactobacillus if it is just lactobacillus, predominantly a few other things and mucus and you haven't just had sex the night before, what you're probably is going to be coming out is going to be a very familiar, slightly musky, not sweet. I don't care what porn you've been watching. Nobody tastes like ice cream down there. That's weird. Go get a diabetes check. Um, but it's not sweet. It's just a fairly sort of musky, but it shouldn't be offensive. You shouldn't pull your pants off and just go what the hell is that? That is foul. Fish are not a normal part of the vagina, despite some really gross sexist jokes that I was brought up Mm. in primary school. Fish indicates an overgrowth of Gardnerella vaginalis, which is a commensal bacteria. It normally lives in very small numbers, kept in check in terms of its numbers by those lactobacillus. When things go wrong, you can definitely get an overgrowth of um, Gardnerella and that can give you a fishy smell. And any other foul smell it's not meant to be there. If you're lucky enough to have some partner go down on you, you know, three, four times a week, they're going to definitely notice a, Mm. a change. If they are giving you some honest feedback, I take it on board because it could indicate there's a bit of a problem.
1: Great advice. And inter- let's move on to talking about female pleasure. So, we always hear about this elusive G spot and then the clitoris. So, are there like, are they the only two female pleasure points, or is there more around than that?
2: So, for an um- orgasm at most women will orgasm from clitoral stimulation but there are a lot of women who do orgasm from vaginal stimulation the existence of a g-spot has never been proven and it's probably a little bit those tentacles those single outlier nerves that hang down from the clitoris so they're probably an extension of the clitoris but in terms of if you enjoy vaginal stimulation and you can orgasm from that That is awesome. If you have a look at sex toy manufacturers, they have worked out that if you just take um, a, a dildo and just make it penis shaped and get some woman to sort of slide it in and out of the vagina, it's not always that successful. The addition of clitoral stimulation definitely makes it a better sex toy. And that's because, on the whole, your anatomy is designed to get, you know, have two bites of the cherry we want you want you want all sorts of stimulation but if you never ever wanted anything inside your vagina your chance of procreating would be fairly low. So it is pleasurable. That's why women do it and
0: that's why you can get pregnant. Let's set the record straight about female pleasure because there's so much pressure around the female orgasm if you can have one, whether you can climax from penetration or not. What are some of the physical and mental factors that can make sex enjoyable
2: or not enjoyable? Well, I'm going to start with physical. Um, A lot of my patients are peri- and postmenopausal and so the thing that needs makes your vaginal cells really thrive is a combination of estrogen and sugar. And if you have a lack of either of those, then your vaginal cells are not going to perform that well. So your vagina won't expand enough, which will mean it becomes quite tight. Um, which is not a good thing for a woman who's trying to fit a, an expanding penis in there or a, a sex toy. And it's not uh, lubricated because you need estrogen and sugar to make lubrication. And that five mils a day of uh, mucus that you make as part of your vaginal discharge is essential for good functioning vagina. So if your vagina is not functioning properly, it can be very difficult to orgasm when you're in pain. Now, there are some people who like being in pain and pain is part of their pleasure but I think the vast majority of women who if they're in pain find it harder to orgasm and so you can lead on from that to say if you've got terribly uncontrolled arthritis or if you've broken your leg or if you've got stomach cramps that or period cramps or anything like that your pain can make it quite difficult to connect with that single point of pleasure it's just more difficult I think also while there are some toxic relationships well and I definitely have a lot of patients who have quite volatile relationships with their partners and then can still jump into bed with them and it still all works. There are a lot of women for whom that does not work. And if you've just had a massive fight or if your partner's been an A grade, A hole to you, then your libido goes through the floor and with it, your ability to orgasm. And for women, it's all very complicated. We are not just push this button, tap the mouse three times and there you go, you're done. It doesn't work like that.
1: I'd love to hear your thoughts about you know, the shame that we associate as women with sex and our vaginas and what's normal and what they're meant to look like. Even though we literally bring human beings into the world, why do you think that we're not talking about vaginas more with our sisters and our friends and, you know, just praising how amazing this organ is?
2: Look, I agree. I think there are some hang-ups that come from like the 1300s where we got really into like the Virgin Mary. And I think there are some sort of cultural things that are a bit sad. And so you had women who would be told to lie back and think of England um, when having sex and it was all about the procreation. And then on top of that, to say to your partner, how about you try it like this? I know because that's the way I masturbate and I know that that works really well. It would just be so embarrassing and so shameful that women then don't get their needs met.
1: I think it's getting better, but we don't talk enough with each other about when something might be wrong or when we think it's like if you fell over and I don't know you fell over and scraped your knee you're probably going to tell everyone that I fell over and this happened and all of this but we don't often talk about when we have thrush or a UTI or if you might think you might be experiencing vaginismus hey is does this happen to you when you have penetrative sex like do you think it's about starting to talk more honestly and kind of? with less shame about our vaginas?
2: I think so. I mean, I think I think if you want to have that conversation because probably your girlfriends would so gratefully jump in I think the place not to do it is you know having 18 cosmopolitans and sort of saying it in a crowded bar that's probably not where I'd start that conversation but I think you can all tell who your girlfriend is who's most likely to go oh my god me too and put your toe in the water there and then maybe the next time the two of you together and there's another friend you can maybe talk about it again and you kind of normalize it within your crowd Slowly and in a way that makes you feel safe without, um, you know, it's not binary. It's not either you just tell everybody or you tell nobody.
0: And finally, what do you want people with vaginas to know about them? If they're only going to take away one thing from this interview, what would it be?
2: Your vagina's probably normal. It, It probably looks completely normal. I see a lot of them. And I can tell you I have never, ever looked at a vagina and gone Egads, what's that? That is terrible. You know, and, and, and I've seen cancers and I've seen other conditions, but I've never looked at a vagina and just gone, that is horrific. They're all pretty much the same, right? So, so don't worry about it. And it's also normal to grab a mirror and get to know yours so that if something actually does happen that's not right or that you haven't seen before, then you can go with confidence to your doctor in a way that's slightly less embarrassing and just go, that spot on the left, on the inside of the labia minora, that hasn't been there before. What's that? And then we're more likely to pick up things like herpes if it happens um, instead of you just going, oh, I don't really know if that's ever been there. I couldn't tell you.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ginny. It was awesome to speak to you.
1: You too, guys. Have a great one.
0: All right, PWDKWN. Amy,
1: I'm going to throw over to you to start. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, so I actually wrote a non-anonymous review about this device a few weeks ago for Beauty IQ. It's called the Lewand Chrome Point Rose Gold, and it's essentially marketed and now proven with my road test as the lazy person's hands-free vibrator masturbation tool. Basically, it is a vibrator that you can lay on top of. You literally can just Mm. plop on top of it. It's shaped in this certain way that kind of cups your labia. It has 15 vibration modes, six different intensity levels. So it's just as powerful as I guess uh, one of those traditional external vibrators. But the beauty is, is that you can literally lie on top of it, your body weight. Kind of gives the pressure that if you were laying on your back using it, which of course you can use it on your back too, but I just love the idea of being able to lie down, you know, whether you're trying to fall asleep. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I just need something to help me sleep. Yeah, it's waterproof. So you can use it in the bath. It's also really quiet. So, you know, there's obviously still a bit of sound, but it's very quiet, which is something that. Is important for me when choosing a device. And it's got LED charging. It's really chic. It could literally, it kind of looks like a really expensive computer mouse. That means you can probably, I always think vibrators that you can put into your carry-on luggage. Yes. Travel friendly. The main reason why I love it is it's just so easy to use. And I will say if you're someone that enjoys a more powerful vibration, I mean, it has 15 different patterns or you know things and also six levels Mm. I'd say like level one she's pretty powerful level six (laughs) it's it's amazing so yeah very good just very good lazy no effort tool um that i've been loving and you can read more about it in my beauty iq article that i wrote which we will link in the
0: episode notes. so go check that
1: out so mine today is
0: johnny condoms mm, who's he <laughs> <laughs> well it was actually um johnny was Founded by uh, three Australian women, and they of course, were, they, of course, they were on a mission to create a condom brand for women. For me, especially, the whole process of buying condoms can be. If you are wanting to be a bit more discreet about it, I just think I love these. Um, you know how <laughs> the whole story of like just throwing it anywhere and then like. <laughs> discovering it somewhere the next day well no longer you just put them in put them in it's called a fab little bag and yeah you can dispose of them in a really discreet way as well ultra thin no
1: scent and they're also ethically made and vegan friendly sounds like if you were going to have a condom get lost inside of you you'd want it to be this one <laughs> well it's more that these are the kind of condoms that you know the little box could
0: fall out of your bag and no one would know yeah I'm not see even I'm pretty open about stuff but there's a few things like I probably don't want like my vibrator or condoms falling out of my handbag at work. no like that's probably a boundary that like yeah I- <laughs> Now, the thing with these is that I love, for me, I'm such a sucker for packaging and such a sucker for, like, names. So, I love that the 13 pack is called a lover's dozen. Ooh. Yeah. And so, you've got the lover's dozen, which is 13. You've got the weekender, which is six. Um, That's a pretty good weekend. And the overnighter, yes. which is three. Right. <laughs> hey. That's a great sleepover. Three condoms in a sleepover.
1: My um, Lord. It's
0: been a while since I've had one of yes. those overnight sleepovers. <laughs> i really also like what the brand stands for which is about taking charge of your own sexual health and being prepared by having condoms in your handbags because you never know all right well thanks everyone for joining us again this week for beauty iq after dark um next week's our last week so yeah we'll see you then bye